Good morning, everyone. I hope you are well and happy Sunday to all of you. Um, just again, just to echo the welcomes that Mel uh, gave. Welcome to all of you um, joining us today. Um, it's good to have you on board. So um, pray be blessed by the service this morning. Um, before I go into it, let me pray and just ask the Lord to just really be with us in our respective homes or wherever you are uh, logged in today. So I'll just pray and then I'll, I'll get into the word. So Father, we thank you once again for the privilege of being able to spend time in your presence. Lord, I commit this time and this word into your hands. I pray, oh God, that Lord, as you um, just use me to speak your word. Lord, speak into the hearts of your people. Bring every person closer to you. I pray, oh God, that Lord, that you will bring, Lord, revelation into the hearts of every person listening this morning. And that, Lord, as you do so, that, Lord, it will be drawn closer to you and have a deeper relationship with you this morning. So, Lord, we thank you and we pray. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this morning, um, to those of you that were um, around two weeks ago, I shared a word um, entitled, Submit Your Thoughts to God. Um, today, I want to conclude that word um, and finish off um, this word. And I want to spend some time, hopefully, this time, well, I'll make time really towards the end to pray into this. Um, so for the benefit really of those who um, were not around um, when I shared this word two weeks ago, I'll just quickly, just a quick recap as to what the thing that I shared, and then I'll continue from where I left off. So as I said, so the topic is about submitting your thoughts to God. Some of the things that I said was this, I said that according to scientists, apparently every single person has between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts per day. Now, all of those thoughts that we have, you can imagine, some of them are positive and some of them are negative. And the way that our mind works at times, it can be work for you, but it also can work against you. Okay? When it works for you, your mind, your thoughts, they're positive, helps you to reach your goals, helps you to enjoy life, um, etc. But when your mind works against you or your thoughts work against you, it can make you negative, it can make you discouraged, it can hold you back from doing the things that God wants you to do. And it can cause you actually to, to even damage yourself um, in different ways. Um, I shared that one of the, one of the greatest revelations that, that um, when I was sharing this word and that I found is that each and every person can choose their own thoughts and think things on purpose. You know, sometimes randomly we have thoughts that are not very encouraging. But actually, you can take control of those thoughts and you can think your own thoughts. You can choose your own thoughts yourself. And we're going to go into a bit more of that later on um, in this word. Um, so another way, you don't have to think about whatever comes to your mind. You don't have to submit and allow yourself to fall foul to anything that comes into your mind. And the Bible says, I said in Proverbs 23, 7, chapter 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So in other words, as you think in your heart, you become that. You know, another way of saying that is where the mind goes, the person follows. So if your mind goes in a certain direction, you start thinking about something, you will follow in that direction. And that's generally what that scripture is saying. So your mind is a very important and powerful tool that God has given to you to use to your advantage. Now, God is really concerned about your mind. He's concerned about what, what's in your mind. Um, I mentioned that the, the, the mind, I call it the inner life. God is very concerned about and interested in what your inner life is, what goes on in that head of yours, what you think about, what you ponder on, what you meditate on. You know, and I mentioned something um, 
what I shared before is that we need to think about what we are thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Don't just, as I said, allow yourself to have random thoughts for the sake for the sake of it. I don't get you anywhere, but actually think about what is on my mind. Why is this thing on my mind? Second Corinthians 10, four to five says that we should take captive every thought to the obedience of God. And again, this goes back to what I've been saying, that when thoughts come into our mind, God has encouraged us through his word that we should take every thought captive and bring those thoughts into the obedience of the things of God. It's not easy, but God is reminding us that we don't have to allow any random thought to come in, especially thoughts that are contrary to the things of God, thoughts that are negative, thoughts that encourage us to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing, thoughts that entertain us in, 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 in getting involved in things that we know that ultimately will not help us. The Bible said that we can take and that we should take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And all these things start and end with you submitting yourself completely to the will and to the way of God. You know, I mentioned about um, the, this genocide that took place in Rwanda that I'm sure many of you know about. The reason why so many people died in this genocide was because of thoughts that came into people's minds. Um, rebels in, 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 um, of, of a tribe decided that they wanted to get rid of another uh, fellow tribe for, for whatever reason. And they began to just sow little seeds of thoughts into people's minds to say, these people were your friends, but they're not your friends anymore. So imagine your next door neighbor, you've lived with them for years, your friends, you've had no issues with them whatsoever. And then somebody, a third party comes and says to you, you know, these people, they're not good. You, you shouldn't trust them. In fact, you know what? If, you, if you're not careful, they're going to try and do something negative to you. So over, over a period of time, this is what happened in Rwanda. And they were transmitting all this information over, over the radio. So people that were your friends and your neighbours, imagine you ended up killing those people. And that's what happened. People that, they, that they, who were their neighbours, because of a change in their mind through someone that sowed seeds of negativity, caused people that, that had no inkling of committing violence to commit unspeakable uh, violence where they were killing children being killed. I mean, you can go on YouTube and see uh, some of this just ridiculous footage and it's in real life. So this is the power of the mind where we allow our thoughts uh, to take us somewhere that they shouldn't be. And if we don't bring them into, into the, um, the obedience of the word of God, God forbid you will end up doing things that you would never even think or imagine that you would do. So I went on to say that the Bible talks about three things that we must develop. So three things that we must do to develop a mind of Christ. The Bible talks about having a mind of Christ, a mind of our, of our savior. And there are three things that I said that we must do to develop. Um, so two weeks ago, I think I went into the first two uh, and then I, I need to conclude on the third one. So the first one I mentioned was that we need to set our minds and keep them set on things above. This is in Col Colossians chapter three, verse two. It says, set your minds and keep them set on things above. In other words, set your mind and fix your mind on the things of God. What, I, what do I mean by the things of God? The things of God are based on his nature. God is the God of faith. He's a God of hope. He's a God of love. 
is a God of faithfulness. And these are just a name but a few. But when we fix our mind on these things, on God's love, his faithfulness, his, 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 um, the faith that we have in him, um, the hope that we have in him, etc. By doing so, we remove ourselves from focusing on whatever negativity may be around us or the things in the world that are contrary to the things of God. And as we do so, we are inclined to do the things that God wants us to do. You know, when we set our mind on, on, on things above, when we do these things ahead of time, okay, then when a crisis comes or a temptation comes, because we've set our mind on these things of God, what you've done, and I said this before, is that you've laid a foundation to make the right choices. Position yourself to overcome whatever situation that you face. So before you get into any situation, we, we need to decide, I am always going to trust God. These are things that I encourage you to say to, to say to yourself in advance of any situation. Say, Lord, any situation that comes my way, whatever comes my way, I will choose to always trust you. I choose to always focus on the positive. I choose to always give thanks. So when something comes up, you would default to, to, to that mindset because you laid the foundation. So the second thing I mentioned about we must do to develop a mind that agrees with Christ is in Romans chapter 12, verse two. And it said, do not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed or be changed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, verse two. I was saying that we need to remember that we are in this world, but we're not of the world. Even though we live in this world, it doesn't mean that everything that the world does that we should follow and do because we are in the world, but we, we're, not, we're not of the world. God has placed us in this world, but our principles, the things that we follow is based on the word of God and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that we do things deliberately that are contrary to uh, the world and, and you, know, um, you know, do things that are illegal. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we, we need to ensure that whatever's happening around us, that is the principles of God's word that we are standing on and that we are doing, as opposed to following whatever the world uh, kind of dictates and tells us to do. Okay, so I'm going to continue now from where I left off, which is the third uh, thing that I said that we must do to develop a mind that agrees with, with Christ. And the third thing is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Um, and scripture says this is, it says that we should gird up the loins of our minds. I explain what this means. It sounds a bit strange. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, this this basically is Peter uh, saying that we need to keep our minds in order, just like how a belt when you wear a belt, if you're wearing trousers, keeps up the the, the, the clothing that you're wearing. So imagine. Let me put this analogy to you. Imagine you're wearing trousers or you're wearing a, 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 a skirt or whatever it is that you and you're wearing a belt in order to help keep up uh, the clothing that you're that you're wearing. But if you're wearing trousers that may be a little, a little bit too big, obviously the belt is there to make sure that it stays up. But imagine if you you um, you, you were not wearing a belt, so to speak, and plus maybe you didn't have any underwear underneath as well. So if you're walking around and then your, your trousers decide to fall down, 
everybody will be seeing stuff that they should not be seeing because the belt wasn't holding your trousers up in the first place. So you'll be highly embarrassed with me. To an extent, you'll lose your dignity because things are being displayed that shouldn't be displayed. Girding up your loins is a similar thing. The principle is very similar, okay? Because girding up your loins, that acts as your belt because it keeps your mind in place, okay? It keeps your mind upright. You know, in order to, to ensure that we don't fall victim to all negative thoughts that may lead you into any form of embarrassment or, again, a loss of dignity. You know, and a practical way that we can accomplish um, these three directions that I've said is to have, one of the things is to have a think session each day. You know, I said about before, think about what you're thinking about, you know. So in other words, just sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to think about certain things on purpose. I'm not just going to allow myself to have random thought, but certain things I'm going to think about them on purpose. Now, we look at the scripture, and I know many of us know the scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. This is the Apostle Paul that has given us this scripture, telling us these are the things that our minds need to be focused on. Now, how often do you think about these things? Things that are true, that are noble, that are right, that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, you know, last week we had a, a, um, a, a Thanksgiving service. And we had two two brilliant testimonies um, from Melanie and from Stephanie. You know, and I want to relate them back to this scripture because um, those of you that were there, um, if you weren't there, I can quickly explain. But for example, Melanie gave a, a, a testimony based on being fearful about running her business and the enemy was trying to sow seeds within her, making her think that she wasn't capable of running the business. Now, was that true? No, it wasn't. Because she testified as to how she uh, um, managed to take her business forward and God had been blessing her with her business. So the scripture said, whatever things are true, that we should think about these things. So the truth was that Melanie had every capability of running a business and that's what she's doing right now. But by God's grace, she focused on what was true and that was that she had the ability to have the grace upon her to do so. Then Stephanie gave a testimony. By the way, happy birthday, Stephanie. Stephanie gave a testimony about her battles that she had about going back to college with a young family working. Um, and again, she spoke about how the devil was trying to get her to think that because she had a young family, because that she was also working, that she couldn't go back to college and study, it was too much, etc. Was that true? No, it wasn't. Because she went back to college, she completed her course, and now she's uh, you know, making, making uh, progress to go on to the career that she wants to. You know? So instead, what both Melanie and Stephanie did was that they achieved something that was excellent something that was praiseworthy 
and the scriptures say that we should think about those things and those, and those type of things in order to develop a mind of Christ. Now see, if you want to achieve something that God has placed in your heart, then you're encouraged to be deliberate in um, spending time thinking about and putting scriptures in play to renew your mind. And that will show you the truth about what God says about you and the things that God has in store for you. Things about his love for you, his plans that he has for you, and how he wants you to live and behave. It's so important that we look at scriptures. You know, there are so many things that we have available nowadays. Um, you know, there are resources online that we can use as a thing such as a Bible index or concordance, where you can specifically extract scriptures from the Bible that may relate to an area that you struggle with. It could be fear. So you find scriptures that counteract fear. You know, God has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. doesn't want us to live in fear. So many things, so many scriptures out there, or there could be books based on a particular battle that you may have that you can read into. Books, I'm talking about um, Christian books, books written by, by, by ministers um, uh, in, in, uh, in and around the, the world. And as you focus on those things, God will cause your mindset to change in the way God wants it to be. So I encourage you. I encourage you to do so. Again, you can write down these scriptures that you find, put them in places every day where you can just look at them and meditate on them, on your fridge, have them on your phone somewhere. But it's about allowing your mind to be totally fixed on the things of God so that your mind can be submitted to the things of God. Your mind is such a powerful thing, I'm telling you. Your mind will call you to do things at times that you shouldn't be doing, but at the same time, your mind will call you to do things and achieve things that God wants you to do. So how we set our minds and how we focus our minds is of utmost importance. And right, there, right here, I just want to quickly pray um, uh, and then move on to another area. So just join with me as I pray uh, concerning every one of our thoughts and our minds. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord God. Lord, as I bring every single one of your people before you this morning, Lord, I pray that in our minds that you will help us to have the mind of Christ. Father, as I've spoken about different things, about how you want our minds to be focused on you, focused on your word, remembering our God to think about things that are true, that are noble, that are praiseworthy. Things of God that, Lord, that you want us to look to. Your words, if there's any uh, praise, if there's any excellence that we should focus on, focus on these things. So help us to focus on things of God concerning you and your kingdom, to focus on your love, your faithfulness, the hope that we have in you. So help our minds to be submitted and we pray that we will take captive every thought that we have to bring it in But feelings, our feelings, feelings is a whole topic in itself that um, I don't even know if I'm going to have enough time to cover, but I'll, I'll do, do what I can. But how you feel right now is not the same as how you felt yesterday or even five minutes ago. Why? 
because feelings do what they always do, and that is they change. There's a scripture in Proverbs 29, verse 11, it says this, it says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. I'll say it again, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. See, the wise man or the wise woman, just to talk in generically, they don't vent their feelings by saying what they feel because they know that if they do so, then they'll end up regretting what they've said. Because over a period of time, they know that their feelings are going to change. So in that moment, you may say something because you're feeling a certain way. But then you say it. And then over a period of time, what you have said, because you were influenced by a feeling, you realize that what you said actually isn't the truth because you just said it based on how you felt at the time. The scripture says a wise man, a wise woman holds their feelings back. This is how our feelings can operate at times. Now see, we, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to this. We all know, I'm sure, very well-intentioned people um, that when you ask them to do something that you're not exactly sure if they will follow through, okay? Before I, 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 sometimes I give this I give this analogy sometimes, but if you were, for whatever reason, you ended up in a police cell, whether you did something or you didn't do something, you were caught up in a situation, whatever it is, but let's say you ended up in a police cell and the police uh, staff have said to you that they'll give you one telephone call and for you to call this person, obviously, to help you in that situation. Okay. With that one call, I'm pretty sure that you will not call somebody that you know does not pick their phone or who's not reliable to pick their phone. You know, sometimes when you need something or you, you need to get hold of somebody and you call a particular person, that person, for whatever reason, they don't pick their phone. Now, in that situation, I guarantee you that if that person comes to your mind, you will not call that person because you only have one call. So you're not going to waste that call on that person. So as nice and reliable, as, as nice as that person is, as, a, as, as maybe as good a friend as they are, they're just unreliable. Now I'm saying, I'm saying that to say this, that your feelings are exactly the same. Your feelings are totally unreliable. They may feel nice, you know, sometimes things may happen, you, you may feel a certain way, you feel nice, your feelings can be refreshing, but much of the time you cannot count on your feelings because, and, and let me stress this, ultimately your feelings are not designed to do what's best for you. You need to remember that. Your feelings are not ultimately designed to do what's best for you. Truth is that your feelings are more interested in having their own way. You think about yourself and how you do things. Feelings are very much personalized. It's not really about the greater good. It's about the individuals, it's about the person, it's about you. So if you feel a certain way, your feelings are more interested in having their way to do with you because you're the recipient of those feelings. You know? So for example, our feelings can get us very excited about going shopping, for example, 
when we know we don't really have much money to spend, but we'll go and we'll shop, spend money on things that we know should have been actually kept for something else. Again, your feelings will cause you maybe to eat more than you should when you're trying to maybe uh, uh, lose weight or, or reduce on calories or whatever it may be. Again, your feelings may, may lead you to stay up late when you know that you need to get up early in the morning to do something. See, in, in short, our feelings, they are fickle. Okay, they change like the wind. Really and truly, they should never be relied on. Yet, it is amazing how much power many of us give our feelings. You know, I remember when I was working in a, a particular place and um, there was a, a guy that I was working with that had been working at this place for a number of years beforehand. And I think the first week when I, when I was working there, I noticed how this guy's boss used to speak to this guy and it wasn't very nice to be honest with you. And um, we used to have like um, uh, breaks because he was in he was in another team, I was in a different team, but we sat close to each other. So at the time we had go and have breaks and then we'll sit and we'll talk with the rest of the team or whatever. And every now and again, it will come up about how this woman would speak to him. And he would joke and say, you know what, well, I've got, I've got, my, I've got my notice in my back pocket. When I'm ready, I'll just give my notice in. And we would laugh and joke about it. Until one day, the guy didn't turn up to work. He just never turned up to work. And that, the day that he, he didn't come in, I, mean, I looked at the time, normally he, he comes in early, he comes in before everybody else. And when I came, I didn't, I didn't see him. I thought, hmm, this guy left. And the next minute, the, the manager came in and then the director came in and then they went for a meeting. And I thought, yeah, this guy definitely left because now they're trying to work out what, what to do. And then over time, I contacted him and I messaged him, I said, I asked him if he's okay, what happened? And he said, hey, it's fine. He said it was, he, was like, he had enough, it was time to go. And I'm saying this to say that because he was, he, I guess, he was made to feel a certain way, he took action. And based on how he felt, he decided enough was enough. Now that's not a negative situation because sometimes you need to make a decision and do things based, based on what you feel the right thing for you. And that's what you felt to do. But I'm just saying that this is how our feelings are. If we feel a certain way at time, we will action and we will do whatever it is that we need to do. But on the, on the negative side is where we need to be careful that our feelings don't dictate to us doing things and justifying things um, because we have felt it and we know that in the, in the grand scheme of things, it is wrong. Because for example, people can leave their families because of how they feel. People can get divorced because of how they feel. I'm not talking about divorcing for legitimate reasons that the Bible talks about. But I'm talking about because of a feeling that they, they, that they have in terms of just it's just not working out. People can get divorced in that way. People can stop believing in God because of how they feel. I, I, I know people who have done many things uh, in terms of God's kingdom. You know, I met somebody the other day who's a very well-known uh, um, uh, Christian artist in terms of music. And because of whatever journey that they went on and how they felt as a result of that journey, the person used to preach, they used to do music 
proclaiming the word of God, proclaiming Jesus. But again, because of how they felt over a period of time, then I don't believe Jesus even exists anymore. And this is how feelings can work. So, as believers, all of us have feelings. However, at the same time as believers, we all have something that is wiser and more dependable to rely on than our feelings. And that is the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, we are so privileged. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. I mean, just, just, just think about that. Jesus died on the cross to save us from eternal damnation. You know, if you read the Gospels, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll learn that uh, Jesus basically, he didn't, he didn't want to die on the cross. You know, but because of obedience to his father, he decided to do so. But the Holy Spirit was helping him during that time when he himself wanted to give up and decline dying on the cross. As he prayed, he was given strength from the Holy Spirit. And by his grace and by, by, the, by the grace of God, we can now stand and, and, and you know, receive salvation because of what Jesus did. But that same spirit that was strengthening him when he was weak, when he was tired, when he wanted to give up, that same spirit is inside us as children of God. So rather than allowing our feelings to dictate to us, we are so privileged that we can defer to the leading of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to show us how to be, to ensure that our feelings may be on one side, but then we can bring them into subjection of the Holy Spirit and of the Word of God in, to, in order to make sure that we do the things that God wants us to do. You know, sometimes when we feel strongly about something, in that moment, it's not always easy to determine whether how we feel is in agreement with, with what God is saying or with what God has said. You know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah, um, chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. And it speaks about, Jeremiah was saying about the human heart, the heart of a human being, the heart of us. The outside of God, it's so it's deceitful and it's wicked outside of the things of God. But then in, so in, in Jeremiah 17, verse nine to 10, it says, it says that the Lord searches all hearts and examines every secret motive. So our hearts and our motives, again, they are linked to how we feel because whatever's in our hearts at times will, will, will trigger a feeling and that feeling will, will trigger an action. And then we'll, and we'll trigger thoughts in our minds, causing us to do whatever it is that is in our hearts. However, it is through the word of God, as I mentioned before, and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we are able to know and really to determine if our feelings are in agreement with God. Well, Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it cuts and asunder every thought, innermost thought that we have and desire. In other words, the word of God is like a mirror. You put your feelings and you put the word of God together and you can see which one marries up. 
That is how we determine whether your feelings and the word of God or the things of God are in agreement or not. And it's so important to do that because the enemy will deceive you deliberately and make you think that how you feel, regardless of what the word of God says, how you feel is what you should focus on. And that is a lie from the enemy. Never allow your feelings to override the word of God. It's the word of God and the Holy Spirit, which is the ultimate thing that we should look to. And that is the reality. So if you are truly interested in rising above your feelings, you have to let the word of God be the determining factor in your life. So no more. So sorry, so now more than ever, you know, we have to have every reason to rely on well, you will have really every reason to rely on your feelings. Because the world now places so much emphasis on how we feel. You know, we're in an environment now whereby you are almost championed uh, or encouraged to do what you feel. You know, the whole, as you know, the whole transgender uh, um, um, situation is taking place right now. People can feel a certain way and now their whole profile has changed. The whole... Um, uh, um, name their, their, their date of birth, not date of birth, but their, their passport, everything. Color how they feel, then everything around them has changed. This is how the world operates. So right now your feelings are, are, are it's almost as though your feelings become a law in, this, in, in the world that we live in. But that isn't what the word of God says. Colossians 3, 2, I mentioned this before, to set your mind and keep them totally focused on the things above and not on the things of this world. You know, there are many things in this world that can easily affect our mind and our emotions. And we need to learn how to rise above them. Because every day is different. Things happen on a daily basis that can bring discouragement, that can cause us to, uh, uh, you know, to one minute we're in a, maybe in a good place and another minute we're not. You know, I, I was listening to... Um, this wasn't a podcast, but it was something that I just kind of caught randomly on, online. This uh, English English comedian, um, he was just giving some kind of a talk to people and he spoke about um, how he had some real struggles. Um, as a comedian, he um, became bankrupt, basically lost all his money and stuff like that. Um, and his bankruptcy, because he's, he's a celebrity as such, became public. So he said he was walking on the street somewhere and you know people were calling his name and just basically making fun of him, the fact that he'd gone bankrupt. And someone said, oh, look at you, you, you haven't got any money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as a, result, as a result of that, he said that um, that led him to basically try to take his own life. He attempted suicide, but thank God he did it. The, the suicide failed. But, um, but when he was giving his story, it was interesting to hear that he was really thanking God about how God turned his life around. Now he's, you know, he's he's working, he's, you know, financially he's in a better position, you know. But I'm saying that to say this, that when negative thoughts are building up and trying to, try to take control of our emotions, time, we need to take a few minutes out and set our minds on things above, as I said before, the things of God. God is a God of love, God of faith, a God of uh, um, faithfulness, etc. 
And it's so important for us to be able to speak uh, and share uh, scriptures that help feed our minds in that area. Now, I, I don't know how this this community, I don't know, you know how much of a uh, Christian he is, I don't know. But he was very deliberate in talking about how God helped him and how he was reading uh, the Bible, etc. And that, that to me is, is, is an example of, um, you know, ensuring that using the word of God helps us to bring our, our mind and our feelings into a position where they're totally subjective to God. So I want to encourage you, whatever situation that you find yourself in, it's always good to speak deliberately positive about anything that may be bothering you. For example, you could say, you know, Lord, right now, I may be going through a, a situation. I may be going through a difficult time. But Lord, I choose to trust you. And I know that you're going to get me through this situation. It's important to speak deliberately those type of things. To lay a foundation. Because the devil knows himself. He knows what buttons to try and push. To get you to have some emotional reaction. So we know what we should do is stand on the word of God. Psalms 94, 12 to 13 says, blessed is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and whom you teach from your law, that you may grant him power to calm himself and find peace in the days of adversity. See, the more you discipline yourself to say no to your feelings and to say yes, to the wisdom of God, the easier it will be for you to defeat the enemy in this spiritual tug of war, because that's what it is. It's a tug of war with your emotions. It's a tug of war with your feelings. So today I encourage you, you know, to arrange your life around what to, sorry, that you will not arrange your life around your emotions that are unreliable, but instead you will focus on the things above. Amen. So that was the first part of feeling. The second part of the feelings that I want to go into very quickly, and then I want to spend the time praying. And this, this is really, uh, some of it is a, is a bit, uh, maybe a, a repeat of some of the things I mentioned before, um, but it's really trying to put our feelings into context. You know, again, it's ensuring that your feelings do not end up controlling you. Okay, God gave you feelings, but your feelings on one, on one hand, as I said, don't be ashamed of them, but God has given them to you. And they can alert you to danger. They can give you insight into various situations. But always remember that your feelings are subjective, you know, and you can't always trust your feelings. There's a, there's a quote that uh, a Christian author called John Walker gave, which is quite interesting. I want, I want to quickly read it. It says, it says, when, when old feelings creep back, we feel fearful, we feel ashamed, we feel hopeless, we feel not good enough. We feel unlovable, we feel victimized, we feel helpless and resentful. An event can trigger these feelings, ending a relationship or stress, problems at work or at home, times of change or illness. Sometimes these feelings return for no reason. You know, it can be disastrous to act on any of these feelings that you may see or hear or feel. Anything you act on in terms of your feelings outside of the Holy Spirit is a danger. Philippians 1, 9 to 10 says this. It says, it is my prayer that you are bound in knowledge and insight and that you may be able to discern 
what is best. You know, God wants you to have, as I say, the mind of Christ, to discern what is best for you. And if the Holy Spirit leads you and shows you the things that you want, he wants you to do. Again, it's about you not allowing your feelings to, to dominate and take over the things that God has in store for you. Now, the bottom line is that none of us are defined by how we feel, but you are defined by the word of God and what God says about you. And that is the number one thing. Your feelings may say things or cause you to think things that are contrary to the word of God, but you're defined by the word of God. So never allow your feelings to cause you to, to have a, a, a mind or attitude that is contrary to the things of God. You know, you may be feeling worthless for whatever reason, but God says that you are precious. You know, Isaiah 43 verse 4 says, you are precious to me and I love you. This is God speaking to you. You know, you may feel uh, a failure in a particular area for whatever reason. But God is saying that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So right now, I want to spend some time praying. I want to pray in two areas. I want to pray generically. For those who recognize that they've been controlled by their feelings and instead you are now saying that you want to be totally controlled by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now for the Lord to totally allow you to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God and not by your feelings. So just, just agree with me as I pray, as I pray to you right now. Father, I'll just come before you on behalf of your people on behalf of your church. Father, I pray for every individual, Lord God, who has been living, controlled by their feelings, controlled by their emotions, rather than being led and by your word. Father, first and foremost, we ask for your forgiveness. Father, where we have allowed our feelings to be a form of a God, where our feelings have been an idol, we have put our feelings and our emotions ahead of you. Father, forgive us. Right now, Lord God, on behalf of your children and your church, Father, we choose to allow your spirit to lead us, to allow your spirit to guide us and to show us how we should be and what we should do. I pray that you will touch every single one of us, oh God. Help us right now, God, to be led by your spirit, to take captive every thought that we have and to allow our feelings, oh God, to be put, oh God, into subjection of your Holy Spirit. Father, help us, O oh God, to be controlled by your word. Holy Spirit, we pray you will come upon us in such a way that everything that we do, O oh God, we will look to you, not to our feelings. So, Father, touch every individual in this regard. Let your spirit fall upon them. And right now, I pray, let there be an immediate transformation concerning us being led by your word and being influenced by your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The second thing I want to pray for is for those who know that they've been controlled by their feeling negatively. Now, you, where you know that you have, you have definitely allowed negative feelings to control you. It could be in terms of fear. It could be in terms of not thinking you're good enough. It could be in terms of always doubting yourself. Um, it could be things that you know that you're supposed to do, but your feelings stop you from doing that. Whatever it is that is negative, uh, with regards to your feelings that you know that you've allowed to control you. I want to pray for you uh, 
right now. So just agree with me as I pray. Father, I bring uh, your people before you this morning. Father, anyone is in this category. Father, where they've been controlled negatively by their feelings. Where there are specific areas of God that Lord, the enemy has controlled. Father, I bring them before you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that every lie of the enemy that will cause these feelings to control how they behave, how they think, what they say, what they do. Right now, in this moment, we come against and I break his hold in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, O God, that you revealed to redeem. And as you revealed and exposed every feeling that has controlled us in whatever way, I pray that you will bring right now redemption to your people. Bring healing and restoration in this area. I decree that no more from this day forward will those feelings control any one of your children. Call them to walk in liberty. Call them to walk in wholeness. Call them to walk led by your spirit. So Father, we thank you. I pray liberty and I pray freedom upon your people right now. Those who have raised their hands in this area, that they will live and they will move, oh God, led by your spirit and not by their any negative emotion or any negative feeling. So we thank you. Thank you for a renewed mind. Thank you, oh God, for causing us, oh God, to have the mind of Christ. Help us and guide us and draw us closer to you. I give you thanks and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.